you're listening to the Primary Medicine Podcast with Kevin and Dimitri, bringing you the best in primary care CME that you can use in your everyday practice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Primary Medicine Podcast. My name is Dr. Dimitri, and today we are doing podcast number 64, and I'll be talking about aphthous ulcers, which are also known as canker sores. They're very common. In fact, I've had a couple of cases recently, and one today, I'm recording this after clinic, they affect about 25% of the population. There's a way to classify them. You can, most of them are minor. So minor aphthous ulcers are usually found on the labia or buccal mucosa, on the soft palate and the floor of the mouth. They're very small, less than about a centimeter, and shallow. So they're, then you can have major ones, which are less common. And the way they're classified is they're usually more than one centimeter in diameter. These ones, unfortunately, when they heal, may cause a scar. Thankfully, the minor ones do not cause scars. The major ones can. And finally, we have the hepatoform. Hepatoform aftosulcers are relatively rare. In fact, I don't think I've seen many. Uh, they're numerous. They, again, affect the mucous surfaces and their vesicular morphology. So they come in, in clusters. In summary, most causes of aftosulcers are benign. But there's a couple of findings that should worry you. Fever, lenopathy, GI symptoms, or any effect on other mucous membranes, especially if you're looking at the genitals. So we'll go through that again. Just remember that most causes are benign, so patients shouldn't worry and you shouldn't worry. Let's continue with our definitions. Uh, what is an aptha? So what is a canker sore? It's a lesion that's containing a mononuclear infiltrate with a fibrin coating. That's why it's white. That's coming from the fibrin. We're not quite sure what causes this. We know it's the immune system. We think it may be T-cells or B-cell response in the immune system. Usually people that are younger get them. There's a family history component to them. So if your mother had them, if your dad had them, your chance of having them is a bit higher. What's interesting is if you smoke, your chance of having an aphthous ulcer uh, is decreased. So smoking is protective. Not that you start smoking because, because it has other issues, obviously. But if you smoke, there's less of a chance. Perhaps because I'm thinking maybe it's because uh, the, the tobacco is actually suppressing your immune system. And the immune system is causing the ulcer. We know that there are certain triggers for aphthous ulcers. One of them is stress, like just like if you're dealing with Herpes, stress can actually cause aphthous ulcers. Physical trauma can cause them if you bite. You know, sometimes you, you bite down on your cheek, that can cause an ulcer. Chemical trauma can also cause an ulcer. What do you mean by chemical trauma? We're not saying if you're drinking acid, but if you drink coffee, if you're eating spicy foods, things like those may also be a participant factor. Certain foods can cause it, and obviously if you have an infection. There is a bit of a broad differential for ulcers in the mouth. But again, to remind you, in general, if you're dealing with a minor aphthous ulcer, that's benign, they're, and they're self-limiting. They'll disappear. They might persist for a bit, but they won't be there for more than two or four weeks. If you're seeing major, major aphthous ulcers, so the ones that are over one centimeter, 
and you're taking multiple weeks to heal, then again consider differential diagnosis. If you have fever, consider differential diagnosis. So let's go through some causes. There's two categories. You have the infectious causes of ulcers in the mouth and the non-infectious causes. Again, we're talking about differential of mouth ulcers. So infectious causes, you need to consider a couple of things. If you're dealing with herpes, so herpes can cause ulcer-like changes, but usually the clusters, uh, the clusters of herpes are at the vermilion border on the lips. They're less so found in the buccal mucosa and the soft palate. Okay, so that's oral herpes. Another possibility is herpangina. So if you have fever and oral ulcers, and, and the person you're seeing is less than five years old, usually you're dealing with herpangina. Again, the difference here is that there's fever involved. The location of herpangina ulcers is similar to aptos ulcers. Again, it's the soft palate, sometimes the hard palate as well. But there usually there's a lot more. And again, the, the person is sick, so herpangina is another differential. And of course, you have hand, foot, and mouth disease. And this is pretty easy to differentiate from aptos ulcers because you have ulcers around the the lips, maybe in the mouth, although they are a bit more reddish in color, less whitish in color, in my opinion. But on top of that, you likely have ulcers on the fingers and the toes. So your big infectious causes you should consider are herpes, herpangina, and hand, foot, and mouth. The less common ones, however, are things such as HIV or syphilis. So HIV, again, if you're seeing ulcers, major ulcers that are not healing and scarring and persisting, you may want to test the person for HIV. If the person has some kind of genital chancre, for example, genital symptoms, you may consider syphilis. The syphilis can have oral ulcers coming with it. So if somebody comes in with oral ulcers, ask them if there's any other changes in any other than mucous membrane, including the genitals. But your most common infectious differentials are, again, herpangina, hand, foot, and mouth, and oral herpes. Really easy to, really easy to diagnose, if you ask me. You've seen it after a couple of years, those are pretty easy to diagnose. So what about some non-infectious differentials of oral ulcers? You need to consider lupus. Lupus can present with very painful oropharyngeal ulcers. You may have other manifestations of lupus, such as the malar rash. But again, these ulcers are, will persist and won't and disappear. They will persist. They won't heal very well, and they will come back. And you have you have other rashes and other symptoms along with them. You may need to consider Bichet syndrome. Again, Bichet syndrome presents with not only oral ulcers but anal and genitourinary ulcers. So, you have oral ulcers, ask if there's any genital ulcers. Always. If you're dealing with somebody who's on chemo, consider mucositis, which is an inflammatory condition caused by the chemotherapy treatments. And then you have a variety of vasculitis. So vasculitis can present with oral ulcers. Big ones you should consider are Kawasaki disease. That's usually in in children and come with fever and other rashes. You may need to consider sarcoidosis and inflammatory bowel disease. 
especially if again you're having some anal changes and diarrhea or anal symptoms. And lastly, the big badness that you need not that you need not not to forget, some of them may be cancer. Squamous cell carcinoma of the oral cavity can present with an ulcer that it's not healing. So you have a chronic major non-healing ulcer that's growing, likely you need to biopsy or sent to a specialist to biopsy to route an ulcer. Having said that, now that you've seen the differential, should you order tests? Most people don't need tests, but if there's some findings outside of the mouth, fevers, some GI findings, some skin findings, consider a couple of things. A blood test, such a complete blood count, to see if there's an infection. Consider doing a B12 and iron, because it could be a deficiency as well. And ultimately, a biopsy should be done for any solitary ulcer that lasts for more than three to four weeks. Okay? Simple as that. But most people won't require ulcer, won't require any of this. Self-limiting will go away. It might come back. Some people have chronic aptus ulcers, unfortunately. It's familiar in a way, so it might come back. But as long as it resolves within the two week to three, sorry, the three week to four week mark, likely you're fine. Patient's really worried. Get them to come back in two weeks, three weeks, and see how they're doing. How are aptus ulcers treated? Um, well, if if there's no di- if there's no specific diagnosis, treatment is empiric. You usually go with topical therapies. That's your first choice, especially if you're doing with a minor or a pediform ulcers. Gels are better than any other type of topical because they they tend to absorb well in the mucosa and they tend to be well tolerated by patients. You have a couple of options in terms of gels. You can go with anti-inflammatory steroid cream, such as anti-inflammatory tramcinolone, 0.1%, put it in aura base because it helps adherence to the mucosa. You can use a dexamethasone elixir as well, or syrup. You can use an anesthetic cream, such as viscous lidocaine. You can even use, as an antibiotic, you can use aminocycline mouthwash, 0.2% mouthwash. Right? Topical treatments. You have the steroids, you have the anesthetics, such as lidocaine, you have the antibiotics, such as aminocycline. Topical being better, gels being better. You may want to, if you're dealing with Topical resistant medications, you can go with the doxycyclines, so oral pills. In that case, you may want to re- re- want to consult a specialist because maybe you're dealing with something else. Are there any complications? Sure. I mean, the ulcer takes a while to heal. You can get a scar. You can get a secondary bacteria or fungal infection. So you may, in some cases, you may want to swab the ulcer if it's persisting. But in terms of the prognosis. Most will pro- most will resolve spontaneously by 14 days. Most will heal without scarring. Again, if you have anything that's more than 14 days, then scars consider a differential diagnosis. If you're dealing with someone with chronic aptus ulcers, you can tell them that by 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 age 30 to 40 they tend to resolve by themselves. And in those cases, you may want to give them as needed topical therapy of choice, whichever works best for them. As aptus ulcers are common, quarter population will have them. Most of them are benign. Generally, if you're dealing with a minor aptus ulcer, so less than one centimeter, which resolves within 14 days to three weeks without any fever, without any GI symptoms, without any rashes or genital, 
you're dealing with an aptos ulcer. If you have any of the other findings, you need to consider some infectious causes, including syphilis and HIV, as well as hand, foot, and mouth, hypergina, and oral herpes, and some non-infectious causes, such as lupus, vasculitis, Bechet syndrome, mucositis. In fact, I almost forgot, but also celiac disease can cause ulcers, so you may want to do a transglutaminase test. You might want to add that to the and if you're dealing with a complicated ulcer, a non-healing one that's persisting over two, three to four weeks, going away, and do some testing. B12, you want to swab it. Um, if you're worried about cancer, you may want to get a biopsy done. But most be self-limiting. Treatment is symptomatic. You use topicals, topical cortisones, topical anesthetics, and topical antibiotics. Okay, so hopefully that's helpful. It's helpful you, again, it's something you, you, you see, especially wintertime I find there's more than in summertime. And it's quite reassuring if you tell the patients that it's nothing to worry about and here's something that can help you paint it until they resolve. Okay, so hopefully this was helpful. And see you again in a couple months.